Hello and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. Well, it was a Halloween horror show for the Bears at Northampton as the Saints cruised to a comfortable 45 points to 31 win. Here are our thoughts on the game, the player performances and where we go from here. We also look ahead to the bonfire night game against Saracens. Will we be fired up for the game or will Saris be the side to sparkle? All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, chaps, unfortunately, due to other commitments, uh, Lee can't make it this weekend. Mm. So we're back in our historic home of uh, my dining room where uh, the podcast all started out three years ago. Uh, Pete, um, how, how are you, sir? You've had a busy weekend, I think, with uh, your better half. I did, yeah. It was her 50th birthday yesterday. So I, uh, well, I planned things very, very well, as you might imagine. Uh, made sure I bought PR TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, and got us some stuff for a birthday. Yeah, we had a very, uh, very pleasant and uh, non-rugby day out where I went to, uh, to Stourhead. Some of you might know where that is, uh, down near Wiltshire, for a little day, a little walk around the nice lake and a pub lunch, and then uh, um, got back and watched the rugby when I got back. Top banana. Yeah. And uh, Miles, you've been down to your Devon estate, I believe, this, this week. <laughs> Absolutely. Been down to the second home in East Devon, um, which is just a family, actually. It was delightful. We, warm weather. Even got in a day surfing in North Devon on one day. The weather was so warm. And actually, I've, I've noticed Lee's missing. But I've got a theory, actually. He's doing some work on our house, obviously, this week because we're away. And I noticed the Porsche's missing and the keys are gone. And he's left a little note saying, screw you, Miles. So um, there we are. We wonder where, where Lee is this evening, but I think I've got a good, a good idea. OK, well, I suppose we have to talk about it. But, uh, there was a, another game to file in the dreadful performances section of uh, the Bristol Bear history book. Um, didn't start off uh, great before the game, knowing that uh, Wasps had, uh, that was it, they were out of the league. So we'd lost four points before we even kicked a ball on uh, Saturday. Pete, let me come to you. Uh, your thoughts when you saw that team sheet come out for the game? Well, yeah, I was quietly confident. Um, but also I looked at the table and in the context of the table, we, with the Wasps points going... We were, I think we had a game in hand over Saints and we were only one behind. And, and I did sort of, did suggest that is, is it too early to say this was a, this was a 10 pointer or, or an eight pointer so early in the season. But I actually looked at this thought, you know, we, we really could do with winning this game because if we don't, we are going to start finding ourselves drifting back down to eighth, the dreaded eighth and below position, which, uh, so I, I had a bit of, I was a bit nervous really about that whole thing, thinking that is that going to cause a little bit of undue pressure on all of us, worrying a little bit about winning. And then you know, looked at the team. I mean, it was interesting. A couple of interesting um, selections. Obviously, quite a lot was made about um, Vui's hundredth appearance, Chris Vui's hundredth appearance, and then he was summarily dropped to the bench. So you know, uh, it just shows that everyone's human. Um, but um, and then we saw that um, uh, obviously. Our, our, our bomb squad front row weren't there uh, but with Genj and uh, Sinclair in England so we you know it wasn't really a surprise to, to see that uh, Big Jake and, and Max Laheith were starting the front row and, and along with Harry Thacker um, yeah I mean it was interesting that I, I guess that Batley was the one that got, got promoted in front of Vui and I, I did wonder maybe just a little bit more grunt to start with someone who was you know has been in fine form for Worcester um, and then my other eyebrow that was ra- raising sort of thought was the fact that Bradbury was playing blindside and, and Harding at number eight and it just worries me I you know Bradbury is a number eight I thought and he's been playing number eight and then then he's suddenly playing blindside and uh, to accommodate Harding who has played and, and I just thought you know we quite enjoyed Bradbury at number eight and we, we seem to be you know I'm always a bit nervous about about managers that put people potentially out of position so 
Yeah, it was. Uh, and it, it, I still thought there was enough. And of course, we also saw our, our new prop signing on the bench as well, the guy from Worcester. So, yeah, I was I was quietly confident, but but slightly nervous about the what would happen if we lost. Ironically, yeah. And of course, uh, you mentioned the new signing, Jay Tyak. Good Cornish boy from from Truro, um, who uh, yes was uh, part of the the Worcester squad that uh, got laid off. Um, so anyway, we'll talk about performances uh, a little uh, when we get to the end. But uh, Miles, let me come to you. Um, we scored early. I think it was after three minutes. Thacker rolling more. Uh, first ten minutes, I remember seeing the stat on the TV: eighty-one percent possession. Um, Saints didn't look like they could touch the ball. We we were in complete command. What were, what were your thoughts at that point? Well, absolutely. I think, um, like Pete said, we we really did need a win yesterday um, after answering numerous losses. And yeah, I, I actually watched, watched, went back and watched the first twenty minutes again last night uh, after you saying it was so encouraging. And I couldn't quite see where it went wrong. Um, yeah, Hamstaker was just a great driving ball try, slammed down with intent um, to get the try. Uh, and a lovely kick from Callan Sheedy. But you're right. Um, Saints hardly touched the ball in that first eight minutes. Um, and it was looking very promising at that point. Um, up until about 13 minutes when uh, tide suddenly turned. I mean, you asked the question, what were you thinking at the time, Tony? And I've got to say, I've got to be honest, I was thinking, this ain't going to last. <laughs> and uh, because I've, we've been there before and it was, it was we've been there before where we make bright starts and score early and then uh, somehow trip ourselves up by giving momentum back by doing things like dropping the ball or passing mm. forward or coughing up possession. And to be honest, I think in that first 13 or 12 minutes, we went through the whole gamut again of, of what you can do to to gift possession back to a team or, or give them the confidence that they might get back in the game. Well, I don't know. That first 10 minutes, we were pretty flawless. It, uh, the, the mistake yeah, started to although, flow, flow after that. Yeah, although I've got to say, I mean, I, I did make some notes. I think seven minutes, we got into their 22 after eight minutes and then Joycey knocked it on, on the crash ball. Mm. I mean, I'm not blaming mm. him, but it happened. You know, on 10 minutes... And Uren knocks it on as well, or drop the ball. You know, we did do a, We had two knock-ons in that that fluid yeah, we, period. We started, yeah. um, and and I have written down when will we ever not make mistakes? And I under <laughs> and this is before we we'd actually conceded oh. any try. So I like to think that my Nostradamus little head was already <laughs> antenna were already sort of twitching at that point. Do you know, it might have been me just being optimistic, but that first 10 minutes, even with those early knock-ons, mm. I'd even put to one side. Oh, there was a choice as well. Um, but I just thought we looked in such control. We were moving the ball so fluidly. I was thinking, well, has the Gloucester game, you know, really energised the mm. team? Uh, but boy, oh boy, when it goes wrong, it really does go wrong, doesn't it? And, and Miles, um, I think it was a 20-minute spell from, what, 13... Uh, minutes when they scored their first try yeah. to about 33 minutes uh, we conceded uh, four converted tries and uh, a penalty so uh, yeah in the, in the space of 20 minutes we went from leading 7-0 to um, being 31-7 oh, down absolutely I mean you're right from the point where Alex Mitchell just <laughs> ran through our defence like a sort of hot knife through butter it was just atrocious uh, and I did feel like, I think most fans felt like just turning the TV off after the next 20 minutes. I mean, don't get me wrong, Alex Mitchell um, had a pretty flawless game and he's got to be on Eddie Jones' radar. He was just brilliant. But to sort of pick those, I wouldn't say he picked uh, clever lines, really. There just was no defence for his first try. Um, it was obviously, a, you know, sort of Harry Randall sort of snipe, but it ran through our line. Uh, Finn Smith converted and actually it was his sort of first start for, for Northampton wasn't it uh, their young number 10 who was just brilliant didn't really miss a kick um, and then Alex Mitchell you know scored yet again 
Um, unfortunately, we had a couple of injuries after that, didn't we? Where um, sadly we lost Joe Joyce to HIA yeah. uh, and Charles Pietau. I think a, a massive cut to his nose, I understand, from the end of the match. I think he tried to tackle someone with so, his so, nose, didn't he? He got, got like the that. wrong side and got, um, got a full one in the face. Actually, I think, you know, until that point, Charles was looking quite impressive. Uh, Joyce was obviously a captain at that point and was looking pretty impressive so you could argue that was a, a quite an unfortunate turning point uh, that we lost both on 21 minutes but the floodgates didn't really stop there then did they it's- well, let's let's I mean it was I, I, one of the points for me that really summed it up I think it was we were 14-7 down we just conceded those two um, tries to 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 Mitchell mm. um, we got a penalty kicked down into to their 22 um, we took the uh, line out, uh, overthrow. One of their blokes wasn't expecting. I think it was the hooker knocked it on. Mm. We then had an attacking scrum, so still an opportunity mm. to to put some pressure on. Uh, and then we pushed too early and got a penalty <laughs> against us. So to me, that that absolutely summed up the way that game went. You know, every time we had the chance to turn the screw, mm. well. We turned it the wrong way, didn't we? And put the pressure on ourselves. Pete, yeah. um, your, your thoughts as that first half slipped away? Well, it could have, it could have been worse. I mean, it, it, they scored four tries. They, they, I think on thirty six, I think Sam Graham, formerly of uh, briefly of our parish, could have could have scored quite easy and butchered a, a pretty good chance. And and I think even on thirty seven, we gave away another scrum penalty in our twenty two, which you know is 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 dangerous. So yeah, it was. It, it was just unbelievable, really. I think it, to, to the, the juck, I'm just going to use a big word, boys, the juxtaposition between being so good and being so bad was, was the biggest, it was almost the biggest I could, could ever conceive of. And I don't know. I mean, there were, I think at the end of the day, yeah, there is the only way that we can explain that was, was basically people just missed tackles. It was, it was nothing to do necessarily with complicated plays from Saints. Um, but you know, we, we just we just let them run through us, and I mean they're a good enough side to do that. And I mean any side, to be honest, I think most sides would have scored those tries. It was just a little bit. It was too easy. Um, well, it was, and it, it it was the missed tackles. It was the overthrow. I think we lost something like five or six lineouts mm-hmm. in that game, which really for a team that has you know. Uh, aspirations of being top six. You you shouldn't be losing any lineouts in a yeah. in in a game. Uh, yeah, the knock ons. It's just all these things that I don't know. It, it must have been a flash in the plan then, Gloucester, because all those things that you know it wasn't a perfect performance at Gloucester, but we seemed to tighten up. But it really came back, wasn't it? It was like Exeter again. It was like that Newcastle game again. Um, it just seems that when the momentum goes against us which it, it always will we know this that in this league you're always going to be up against momentum but that seems where you've got to double down you've mm. got to double down so after Mitchell had scored that first try where he basically just ran through a gap mm. and and you know was was I mean ran half, nearly half the length of the pitch I mean it was that was like watching kids play rugby you know, when the big kid runs through mm. but from that moment on that's when we needed to double down on like hey boys come on We've been on top here. Mitchell's a good player. Yeah, he scored a good try there. We let him do that. Now we double down. We go. We go solid for ten minutes. Mm. And there was like, I mean, what you know? What I just I don't understand why that didn't happen. And, and I'm sure we'll never know. And maybe they did say to each other, "Let's go solid." But but you know, something did went wrong. And I mean, even in the second half, they you know we came out thirty-one seven, and they scored first again. You know, it's not as if it's, it's as if the focus seems to mm. to lose, and I think some people, uh, you know, optimists would say, um, "Well, you know, we we had a good fight back in the second half." It's like, well, and and you know, we were two scores potentially two two scores away uh, from from there, so we could have got back into mm. it. But you know, I think that's that's mm. just that's that's just rose tinted spectacle stuff, you know. And and of course, yeah, as soon as we did get quite close to them. We then did it. What we always do is from the restart, we then we gave away a penalty and then they scored. Yeah, it, and, you know, we gave away a penalty trying to run it from the twenty-two. It was obstruction. It was it was crossing. 
Mm. Yeah, it was, you know, when people say, oh, we could have had a chance, you don't, you know, we, we might have had a chance. We hadn't have, like, taken too much of a risk. So I just thought, and I thought, you know, that was just a bit of a kick up the backside mm. Saints needed and they just tightened up a little bit. And, and I don't think we can, I think the score flattered us mm. massively. I don't think we could, I genuinely, I know we scored five tries and we got a point and it is quite nice to score tries, but I genuinely don't think that we've got much to be positive about in that second half because I think Saints inevitably, you know, slowed down a little bit. And, you know, you'd expect players of our calibre to score a few tries in those situations. But at no point did I think we were ever going to win that game. Well, I mean, at halftime, I've got to say, 31-7, this is the first time, I think, in a long time. I was watching it at home live on PRTV. I I was questioning whether I was going to watch the second half (laughs) because I thought it was going to be a cricket score. Absolutely. Um, I just didn't see the way we were playing that um, that we were going to get back. And uh, as as you said, um, uh, I think again, before they scored in the second half, we had another early penalty uh, and it was another overthrow. Yeah, uh, at the yeah, line yeah 41 yeah, yeah, 22 yeah. overthrow uh, and then um, you know they do score 38-7 and mm. as I say I thought it was going to be a, an absolute landslide then Miles let me come to you um, some substitutions on 44 minutes um, and I thought the one that was interesting was uh, Purdy was uh, taken off Will Porter came on and I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. his performance because yeah. Maybe that was one of the few bright uh, lights yeah. in a, a, a rather gloomy day. Um, but then, um, yeah, Purdy's taken off the wing um, and um, Andy Urin goes and plays winger. So we have two scrum halves. Did that make any sense to you? Uh, not particularly. I mean, listen, the, the, the performance from all of the Bristol team was certainly not error-free. There were some... A uh, lot of missed tackles, some drop balls and unforced errors from all of the players, including Purdy. But um, where he had the chance, he made some nice, powerful runs. And so, yeah, yeah a strange decision. And Purdy is probably thinking, well, what on earth has gone on there? A scrum half's been brought on and I've been bumped up back onto the bench. Um I mean, Arinda, he's, he has played. He has sort of played in that position before, hasn't he? With a similar situation, I think when there's probably injuries. When we've had no replacements no left, yeah, yeah, no replacements left. But um, to bring on that <laughs> a movement, Aaron uh, out to the wing, yeah, quite confusing. Um, yeah, and Purdy must uh, can't yeah. be too happy I mean, about that. Decision. He didn't have a great first half. No, and mm. yeah, he was at fault for one of their tries because he cut in and then was bounced off, but. <laughs> He's a he is a winger. Mm. You know, he's played most of his games at wing. I know he has played in other positions, and and I just think you've got to give a chance. He's good enough, I think, in my mind, to be given the opportunity to redeem himself in the second half. And it, I agree with you, Tony. Unless it was a niggle, maybe we don't know. Mm-hmm. We've got to be careful about being too absolute. But yeah, I agree. Um, and I'm not sure Andy Oren. I, there was a couple of times on when I was watching it that I'm not sure he was too keen about playing the wing. I just, <laughs> I was just a look on his. You know, it's it's difficult. He's, you know, it's a very different position to be playing from scrum half right. to yeah. switch like that straight away. So, well, it is what it is. It didn't work. <laughs> so we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, but let's look at. I mean, there were a few things that that made me smile. Uh, Miles, come back to you. Um, Fifty-two minutes, and that was that display of out-and-out sprinting by Callum Sheedy. <laughs> I think you said Bolt would have been watching there for that technique. Absolutely, I think it was a sort of a fly half on fly half, wasn't it? The commentator was having a bit of a chuckle as to whether their uh, number ten would even catch Sheedy. Um, we didn't. He didn't. He didn't. But to be I mean, fair, Sheedy was looking at his shoulder the whole way. He had he, the touch of the Benny Hills about it. He, to he be did, honest. really. Well, he was about 35 metres out and ran 40 metres to score, yeah, didn't he? Because yeah. of his diagonal. He was darting left and right, left and right, really worried that he'd be caught. But fair play. He took the right line in the end uh, and scored. Looked absolutely not good at the end, realising then he had to step up and convert the, yeah. convert the kick. But um, which, which fair play to him he got. He, well, yeah, I was yeah. going to say. I mean, he made it as difficult as he possibly could. When you know, he could have he could have shimmied towards the flag and then shimmied left and gone under the post. But, Absolutely, but uh, he was in a, he was in a good position, a good intercept, and you know, fair play. You know. It was a good. It was a it was a heartwarming moment. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think he was, one, almost, one of few. <laughs> he was he was almost one of the highest. Um, 
in the meters stats. Because of she, like, just got, which just shows you, you can never, you've got to dig beneath the stats a little bit, haven't you? What you're, you're trying to say, he took the diagonal just to get well, his numbers well, up. Do you know what? I'm just looking at it. I think he, I think he the had highest the highest, she did, was 64 meters. He was the highest gainer in the whole team. Uh, and it was all in one run. So, and to be fair, we have bemoaned this about stats sometimes, saying when someone gets loads of meters, but we still, they haven't actually scored. Yeah, anything, yeah. Like, what is the point? Yeah. At least we know that genuinely, his six, 64 meters led to something it led to certain points whereas all the other ones didn't so fair play to to Sheedy for that and then there was the the lovely flowing move that led to uh, Bradbury's try in the corner and boy didn't he take that well to yeah yeah. and then we had that agonising wait for the uh, the assistant referee who who seemed to want to disallow it but uh, I think it was only until we saw the third angle that, that it was quite clear that by, by a centimetre or so, he, he kept and, in and touch. And I think for once, we have bemoaned, or I have, like when we've been to the gate, some of these big lads, big lumps in the falls wearing yellow boots and stuff like that. But I think for once, the yellow boot made it very clear that <laughs> yeah. it did. If he'd been wearing like black boots. Or, or white boots. Or white boots. Well, definitely white boots. Yeah, but yeah. the yellow boot was, I think that's what did it for him. Yeah. And it was a great um, bit of strength from... Uh, mm. From the Scottish Oak. Yeah, no, that was great. And I mean, that brought us to 38-19. I think, um, yeah, there was a misconversion then. Um, does that Would that even be counted as a misconversion? Because <laughs> does the ball have to get leave the floor? Leave the, the ground. 50 oh. yards either side of the post. Oh, was that, was that, was that, was that, I think that was famous... Uh, we didn't quite see it apart from it heading towards the corner. No, that's yeah, right. That's it, was, it. Uh, it, was, it was... I think you have to... To miss a conversion, there has to be a certain... You know parameters to get the ball within. Yeah, like cross cross the yeah. uh, try line. Yeah, I don't think it went across the try line or even went out. It just landed somewhere in their five meter line. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we saw uh, Miles Thacker made it. Um, we made it thirty eight twenty six. Um, and and the mall seemed our driving mall seemed to be working pretty well. Didn't it, it did, didn't it? I think that was the one where um, was it? It was looking the mall had sort of ceased to move forwards and I think the backs then got involved didn't they um, Thacker peeled off to the side and I think it's like when Bedlow latched on and the two of them smashed over the line and then there was a little sort of comment from the assistant referee worrying that Bedlow had blocked but it looked good for me and that was a great powerful sort of ball that spit off and yeah another good try by uh, by Thacker and of course Thacker was back on because Will Capon had got injured and another <laughs> comedy moment really and you know we hope Will Capon is is okay because he did take a nasty knock Uh, but again I think we had an attacking um, line out didn't we Mm. and uh, he'd had the injury uh, and then I'm not quite sure how you'd describe that throw (laughs) and his actions afterwards it certainly it didn't spin on its axis did it no it was it wasn't a torpedo it was uh, yeah, I mean, I, I felt a bit sorry for him actually because he was obviously in in serious pain after that. But I, again, at the elite level, you have to perhaps question decision making that he's hurt his shoulder. Mm. Like if it had been his leg or something, fair play. But he he hurt his, he clearly had hurt his shoulder. The thing that you you know is pretty important for a, the throwing kind of the mm. mechanics of a throw, and you know whether. Yeah, you know, Capon probably because he's a bit of a lion, he probably thought he could carry on. But I think you know, you've got a doctor on there, you've got a physio, you, you know, you've got to look at the big picture and say, can we even risk? You know, we need to score here. We need to we need to put pressure. Can we risk the fact that the throw won't be good because the hooker's hurt his shoulder? But they didn't make that decision. And I mean, I think in in part after the game, Pat did actually allude to that as well as as kind of they hadn't. They couldn't decide whether to take him off or not, mm. and you think, well, you know, it's another. It's just one of those moments that went the other way, and then on another day, it might have done. But yeah, I, I mean, he he did kind of he yelped a bit in pain, didn't he? After mm. he went, and I did feel a bit sorry for him. So yeah. I hope he's. Uh, I hope Will's all right. I hope it hasn't. Uh, it's not too serious because we need him because he he was good when he was on. He's a, you know, he's a proper ball playing hooker. He's a good scrummager, and you know, we need him to to be fit. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, Joycey with his head injury assessment, we'll have to see, you know, I think that'll probably make him doubtful for the Saracens game. 
Uh, and did I hear Charles had a staple? A staple? Yeah, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Pat said it was a, he'd been, he had a staple. I'm not, I can't quite comprehend I think what's it's a staple. I think it's an alternative to a stitch, isn't it? I think it's when oh, right. you, you've got, it's only where you can't actually um, stitch the skin because there's no skin. So if it's on your nose, there's yeah. basically, you know, so you, you've got to heal the wound, but you can't stitch it because yeah. there's no flesh. So you have to. I don't know what they it, did. It wasn't some so, kind of economy drive from the first aid <laughs> department then. No. <laughs> what, what we, I haven't got me stitching equipment. Yeah. Well, I, actually, the, uh, the got someone's got a staple and some uh, print stuff. <laughs> well, I imagine it is a bit it's like a staple gun. It's all station next door. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like yeah, a yeah, staple yeah. Gun the worry is really that the, 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 the cut on his nose was so deep that that was the only really way of fixing it. And then... You know, is is it a position that's going to be protected for next week? So we'll um, we'll come and talk about that. And, it, and also, it's a bit. I, I felt a bit sad for Charles there because with the for a man with such a sharp haircut and mm. such a kind of sharp image to have a massive staple across your nose is really going to negate <laughs> yeah. all that effort that he makes. You know, that the handsome pretty boy of the team I, I felt really sorry for him would you remember like, quite a few years ago the Leicester away game he got literally pummeled in we the did. nose didn't yes. he and he had the two great big uh, tissues just stuffed oh. up his nose at the end not good for his image uh, right so going back Thacker scores 38-26 commentary getting a bit excited mm. I was still oh, not yeah. thinking we're really going to get back into this but there's only 12 points there they kick off <laughs> We collect, start to run it out, get penalised for obstruction. I mean, again, it just, Pete, it just sums up the day, doesn't it? Whether it was bad luck or whether it was just poor decision-making, it it just has happened too often. It's just happened too often that when we get possession, we get some sort of momentum, um, we somehow manage to, to throw it away. And that was the moment. That was the moment where we needed to grab momentum by the scruff of the neck. Um, and we didn't. We we let it go. And then the irony of ironies is that I think from the resulting uh, line out, or I don't know if they took a scrum or whatever. It was a right from the you know it was a, it was a line out. They then you know perfected fantastic little move. I think. And, and and what was even more annoying about it was that they scored. It was their flanker who basically is a squad player who's only got his chance because Lewis Ludlam's not here for England. Who by the way I thought was unbelievable takes the ball at pace basic stuff and then does a little backhand boogie he does doesn't he? <laughs> the backs, and then they he couldn't have been an easier try to score mm. and so he's just it just that was when I thought you know what we had no chance of getting this game because I think it was a kick up the backside for for, for uh, Saints and I think they realised actually they've just got up the, up the gears again mm. so he just thought oh, I'll just up the gear and I'll you know and this is a guy that you know, he's a squad player for Saints and it, it shamed us. He humbled us. I mean, it was a great little out-of-the-back pass. I loved it. So mm. fair play to him. And then, Miles, we uh, we managed to get back um, 79 minutes, a bit of huffing and puffing. Potentially, we should and could have scored a little bit earlier before that just mm. to give us a chance to, to close the gap within seven. But McGinty went over on 79 minutes. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, it was just like the comical, wasn't it? And I think the current is that that was just the story of the afternoon that, you know, you're right. I mean, at some point we were in, we were about eight. Well, I think the clock was incorrect, wasn't it? Mm, because they, they didn't stop the clock when the ref had asked. Yeah. Got to 80 minutes and they finally decided to stop it. And actually, um, Bristol had one final try to get potentially two points within seven. Um, normally, you'd expect Mr. Sort of Reliable... Uh, Asian McGinty to sort of punt it to the five metre line <laughs> just over, over kicked it to over the dead ball line game over and then I just haven't held my head in my hands at that point I thought well that's just the story of the afternoon another error another mistake leading to the demise of Bristol do you know the only thing about that McGinty try that put a smile on my face <laughs> Was I like I like to have a little dabble on me me online betting, yeah. and uh, I had McGinty to score the last try. Brilliant! At thirty three to one. Well, so that certainly paid oh. for our PRTV yeah. subscription plus a little <laughs> bit more. So uh, that that was a little bit of a silver lining for yeah. me. Um, okay, let's um, let's take a look at some of those player performances then. Um, 
Miles, if you want to do the pap, and Pete, you do the backs. So, uh, Miles, who who stood out for you? Who stood out in this? Um, I think, you know, I think apart from Thacker's overthrowing, which was numerous, I think, in the first half, um, I thought he had a pretty good game, actually, and a lovely few tries. Um, I was a bit disappointed with Jake and, and Max, to be honest with you. They Did they do a job? All right, we got pushed back by Northampton, didn't we? And a scored penalty, which had reminiscence of the game at Ashton Gate last year. And actually, uh, when there was a change up front, I thought we looked a bit more lively. Batley was great, and I, and I, you know, and I thought Joyce, unfortunately, until he went on his HIA, was was very good as well. Um, Bradbury did some lovely runs. Lewis was a bit quiet, I thought, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and Harding, I thought, made some nice runs, but I think really overshadowed by the number of sort of handling errors, I think, that accumulated over the whole game. But apart from that, he, he was, I thought he had a pretty solid game. Yeah, just come in there. I think Batley's really quickly establishing himself, mm. actually, as uh, we know how much he improved at Worcester. And... Uh, I, I think he's looking really good there, and the fact that we lost Atwood and really didn't didn't replace, yeah. um, I, I think that's uh, looking good. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree with uh, all, all those comments there, Pete. The uh, the backs then. Um, well, I mean, Andy got subbed essentially at half time, uh, demoted. Would we call it a demotion to the wing? Yes. I, I guess, and, and I think Will Porter showed the class that we. You know, we surmised yeah, yeah. that he had last week, and I, I think he he looks to me like a surefire starter at nine now. Um, I was really impressed with mm. him. Very quick, he's got a very quick pass. He just looks, and we we were impressed with him anyway. We'd seen him play against yeah. us, and I I think uh, he just he just had that little bit extra, a little bit extra now, a little bit extra to his game that suggests that you know he's gonna he's unfortunately gonna push Andy down to to replacement again um, but you know Andy didn't play that badly I mean we, you know we like Andy Wren and, uh, and I think you know he, he he's he, you know he's he's, he's alright but he just didn't quite have that edge in that mm. first half mm. and uh, and he was overshadowed a bit by Mitchell which doesn't help I mean Mitchell yeah. is a quality scrum half I mean it's still beggars belief that he doesn't uh, that he's not in a, in Eddie Jones's art plans at the moment I yeah. just think he's the best scrum half in the, in the premiership um, so yeah, for everything. Um, I mean, Callum. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I was thinking about Callum because you know he scored. He scored. So fair play to him. And he did a couple of. He did one kind of Gary Owen in the first half that was pretty good because Charles Peter called it. But I then thought, well, he, let's compare him against Finn Smith, who's a, a twenty-year-old mm-hmm. who's come to Northampton because he's been made redundant at Worcester. Um, isn't an international. Hasn't like played in you know the same team and should be used to the same systems. And I thought I've got to say I thought he outplayed Kamshid. I thought he just looked a bit more lively. He made a couple of mistakes. He missed a couple of kicks to touch. Um, but you know at least he wasn't playing safe. Um, and I just thought and obviously it was his interception pass that that led for Callum's um, try. So yeah, he did make the old mistake. I, I just thought he just looked a bit. He looked like he took the ball a bit more at pace and. Mm. Uh, maybe a bit harsh so it got me thinking that I just think at what point is is McGinty going to be demanding to start at 10 because he's not really been given that that run of start so we'll see but you know it's it's uh, it's Callum Stewart is a good operator Mm. but you know we, we, we lost Mm. And he was captain. <laughs> basically, I mean, this is not good for his stats either, because basically, when Joycey went off, he became captain, and that's when it all went wrong. <laughs> but I don't blame him for that. I don't yeah, and that. I, you know, we know defensive side of the game isn't yeah. his strength, but yeah. I think I looked on the stats: um, zero tackles made, three yeah. tackles missed. And he, I mean, he missed their try, and they ran the whole length of the pitch. I think that when it eventually their lock scored. I mean, he still had an opportunity to bring that guy down, and you know, he'll be disappointed. With that. He, we don't need him to. I don't need to tell him that. He'll know that because who knows? You've got it. You know, if he brought this guy down five yards from the line, he may not have scored. So, mm. yeah, he made a few things. Um, <sighs> I mean, a centres, it's hard to, you know, they scored six tries and, and a couple of them seem to go through the middle. So I think both Piers O'Connor and Sam Bedler would probably not enjoy watching 
the review. Mm. I think Piers O'Connor, irritating or frustratingly, had a bad game after having had a couple of good games. Mm. And I don't quite know what... I mean, there was one... It's a bit unfair because it probably something just stuck in my mind. But I think it's on one of... I think it was the Mitchell try, the first one. It just made a... It seemed to make a half-hearted effort at trying to grab hold of him. And I don't know. It's just a bit unfair. But yeah, he probably wouldn't put that in his highlights package. Um, and then same with Purdy as well. You know, he, he got bounced off in one of those tackles and didn't really have a chance to assert himself. So he'll be disappointed. Um, I thought Bates did all right when he came on. You know, he came on quite early. It's it's uh, came again. You know, he's played at fullback. He's played at wing. He's played at outside centre. Um, he's a game sort of guy, but, you know, didn't really have much chance to affect it. So, and then Luke Morahan. You know, I mean, Luke, Mor- Luke Morahan was was our one constant. Yeah, he, he didn't really, but he, we can't expect when we're we're down like that. We can't expect someone like Luke Morahan to score five tries and run through the opposition. He's, he needs to be part of a team that's operating. Mm-hmm. But you know, he, he still looks class, and he actually fronted up on Radio Bristol afterwards to talk about it. And I actually felt better listening to him, even though you know he was basically saying we missed loads of tackles and we were rubbish. I felt better because he's such a nice guy and such a nice talker. So as much for his post-match interview, I think he deserves the plaudits of like taking the sting out of the, the thing. So yeah, not a great day. No, even no. though we did score, you know, five uh, did score um, five tries, but you know, two of those were forwards and, and forwards tries. So yeah. Not a great day for the backs. Yeah, I just think to add from the the spare buyers, I thought Chris Vui came on and and looked really fired up and uh, um, really got some front foot there. Um, We talked about Jay Tyak came on, the the Worcester Mm. tight head. Um, Seemed, to coin your phrase, very solid in the scrum. The scrum didn't seem to be having any problem when he came in at tight head. He's a big lad. Absolutely. I think him and Jan Thomas fronted up quite well actually when they were together yeah yeah Uh, and of course we've already talked about uh, Will Porter who probably I I think if I had to pick our player of the match I I would probably put him for his uh, his performance okay you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans we're available on Apple Podcasts Spotify Podbean Buzzsprout and many more platforms you can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com on twitter we're at bearsbeyondgate and on facebook you can like and follow our bears beyond the gate page uh well after that round eight set of results obviously we lost four points as the wasps game was taken off us um, other results, Gloucester 38, Exeter 22, good good result for Gloucester on Friday night. Quinns controversially beating London Irish 26-24 at the Stoop. Uh, I think there were a couple of red cards in that game and potentially should have been a third very late on. Uh, but Quinns got the, uh, the, the rub of the green. Uh, not Irish, so it wasn't the luck of the Irish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then today's game on Sunday, Saracens 33, Sale 22. And I think Saracens at one point were down to 13. Uh, but it just goes to show that was top versus second. Um, I think they're looking almost unstoppable. I think they're 10 points clear now after, uh, well, actually six six games as it uh, is now. So in the table, I won't go from the very top, but Leicester is sixth, um, 16 points from six games. Exeter, 15 points from six games. We're eighth, 13 points from six games. And then you've got uh, Bath, nine points from six games. London Irish, nine points from six games. And Newcastle Falcons, eight points from five games. Uh Next game, bonfire night. It's uh, it's a five pm kickoff on Saturday, which is a little bit unusual for uh, for the rugby. Um, and it's Bristol Bears versus Saracens. Now, Pete, after the performance we witnessed at Franklin's Gardens, are you holding out much hope at all uh, for this game? Well, I think I'd be. I'd, it, it would be slightly uh, hysterical of me to say yes. However, you and me went to White Hart Lane or the old White Hart Lane, Tony, last year. The new one. The new one, I mean. And Sorry, yeah, the new one. And 
we didn't hold out much hope and we were a whisker, a Joe Joyce forward pass away mm-hmm. yeah. from winning that game and played pretty well and, and uh, you know, fronted up against them. So I think that's the only thing at the moment that uh, reminds me. And I think this is the problem with Bristol, which was so... In consistently inconsistent, mm. you know, we 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 were scrappy against Bath. We then probably played one of our best games of the season against Wasps. Ironically, doesn't count anymore. We were all right against Irish in a kind of harem scarum game. You know, we were very poor against Exeter. We were very good against Gloucester. We've been very poor against uh, <laughs> against uh, Saints. So, by my reckoning, we should be quite good against Harrison. So, based on absolutely no analysis whatsoever, but the fact we did quite well last year and this, the, the pattern seems to think we right, should yeah, play yeah. well is, I think, that we'll be fine. Right. <laughs> Great technical <laughs> analysis yeah. there. Mine um, was if we look towards the team and uh, maybe looking at the pack. Um, what what kind of changes do you foresee, or has has Pat got much to uh, to play with? Really, I think we I think we're spent, aren't we, on our availability of anyone coming into the lineup? Um, we do know for a fact that we certainly won't have Senors uh, Genge and Sinclair starring whatsoever next weekend. Um, the question is really, do we front up early against, you know, Saracens, they'll have a lot of internationals away as well, but looking at the result against Saracens, that seems, didn't seem to make... Sale. A sale, yeah. sorry. It didn't, didn't seem to make much difference. So um, do we go early? I mean, there's not much choice, is there, really, with the same, with Walmore, Thacker and the Heath the starting, or Big Jan Thomas starting, uh, and Jay Tyatt maybe, but they look particularly good off the bench. They haven't had a lot of game time between them this season, so maybe coming off the bench is, is better. Um, and the worrying thing is about Capon, isn't it? Do we even have a decent backup hooker? Um, well, what's the situation with Burn and Kerr? I mean, are either MEs well, or they just have no, no, I think so. I think that um, I, I think they're both fit both as far fit. as I know. So one of those will probably might have to slot in. in. I mean, Cape on shoulder looked extremely agonising, didn't it? Really, play, yeah. I, I can't see him playing. Even if he's a bit weak on the physio bench, he's not going to be playing. So we're going to have to bring in whoever sort of um, shows the most sort of intent in training this week. Be it. Um, yeah, Burn. What about Burn Fred Davis, isn't it? Like, we, we got anything to lose? Just lob in a few of these youngins. Maybe that's a big, that's a bit harsh. That's a big calling. <laughs> lob in and a big game against the uh, league leaders. Yeah. But I think he's he's had one or two injuries, isn't he? I've yeah. seen he's been unavailable at points. So yes, I think so I, I think, think Burn or Kerr will come in on yeah, the subs Absolutely, and I think we have little choice really but to start with same again, maybe Warmore and Warmore and Leaf uh, on the. Well, the, the question. Row. I mean, the question is: Do you start with them and bring on Thomas and um, Tyak, who we know are, are, are good, or do we start with them? But then, yeah, then not, think we've got them, or do we do what the South Africans do? Yeah, and like let's give both front rows a half each and and just uh, go for it I don't know it's a difficult one yeah I, I, I tend to think we'll start a game with Walmer yeah. Lahif uh, and, and Thacker uh, and those those other boys will yeah, be on the bench with, with either Byrne or Kerr uh, interesting Joyce if he fails his yeah. head injury assessment yeah. I'm assuming would you Vui I'd slot in Vui with Batley yeah, and, Batley. yeah, yeah Batley right. Vui in the second row and Hawkins uh, probably on the bench as cover uh, yeah absolutely I don't think we've got any choice really have we we're a bit uh, slim in the in the in the, um, in the pack uh, then we've got uh, well it'd be interesting Bradbury at six who who plays at seven with a certain Scarlet's player yeah um, should be back from his loan back back from his loan um, does Dan Thomas come in at seven I guess it depends the re- why why was it that Lewis went off so early was it another injury or was he just you know was it a tactical substitute it, yeah I quite like the look of him I like the cut of his jib he looks like a solid sort of operator so um you know he looks like he's the sort of bloke that's not scared of a fight and mm. scared to put his head in where it hurts so it could be either though we don't know we'll find out and then Heenan was yeah. you know mm-hmm. came on and looked okay yeah and I mean maybe you know we do know that when Pat 
is rolling the dice, he often go back, go to Heenan yeah. as his go-to man. And you do think that maybe, you know, maybe Heenan, maybe Heenan will, will uh, I don't know, I just still don't like, I just, I don't like the fact that Bradbury's not, wasn't at eight. There's something about it just annoys me. And yeah. so if Heenan came back and, and then, you know, maybe Heenan goes, I don't know, open side. And then I suppose, I suppose at least we're discussing the fact we've got some options in the back yeah, row, yeah, yeah. which is not a bad thing because a few weeks ago we weren't sure about that at all. So yeah. I, I'm not sure. I think uh, we'll, we'll, I suspect it will be Bradbury, Harding and one other. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just a bit of a copper. And and your thoughts on the the backs, then, Pete? Well, I just think I think it might be time to 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 roll it or to to shuffle the the half backs. And I think I think Will Porter's going to start. It's got to start. Um, and I think it could be McGinty. Well, or you say has that. he got the US, the I, USA game? I I I don't yeah. know. I've not heard anything. Mm. But the US are playing yeah. on the fifth. Uh, yeah, one would assume because I think it's the the World Cup mm. final qualifying round. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was coming. I just haven't done my research. That that I think the next three weeks the US mm. have got games. So right. it'll, it'll be it'll be and Shido. Well, you know, Shido's he's got his pecker up. He scored a scored a good try. So mm. you know, why not? And then you know we're, we're looking at centres. We we're what else have we got? I mean, Bates is the other option that could could come in, play outside centre. But he's we tried that; it's not necessarily mm. works. I just think we'll stick with them. I think that we'll just those two boys will just work hard in training and just say, look, we had a bad bad day at the office, and uh, you know we'll we'll do better. Mm. Um, and and I think sometimes you know we know that they can play well together. So maybe let's hope that it is a day when they play well together. I mean, Morahan, you'll if he's fit, will clearly start on the wing I mean it's a difficult one isn't it I mean Purdy I feel sorry for him in some ways because he has kind of been in and out of that 23 not just the team and mm. seems to be the kind of the, the one that's Pat's quite fickle with um, you know we don't know whether Frick is back on, in, in training uh, you know where's Rich Lane what happened to him he's injured as well isn't he so I don't know where, or whether he's I don't know that's one I just couldn't couldn't tell you what's going to happen on that one Um, and then it's you know it depends whether Charles can get that staple out on my Saturday yeah where do we go if if, the future's a bit sore as well I mean is it is a you see this is a dilemma this is why I'm so glad I you know laughingly I'm not a professional rugby player because in the scheme of injuries a, a, a kind of bang on the nose although it must be excruciatingly painful isn't necessarily Kind of stopping you do your business. Well, 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 wait, 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 wait. We're talking about a back here, not a forward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a forward would just crack on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if it was like a, you know, a hamstring, obviously, or a thigh, oh, or a so. groin, you uh, know, or a, an ankle, those are the things, those are the joints that are very important to Charles Piertau. But, but yeah, how much Vaseline know. is he yeah. going to need on this on his schnozzle oh, to really uh, to sort of uh, cope with the uh, the impact of tackles, Pete? Mind you, I imagine that if if he does start, he'll know that they'll uh, they'll be throwing a few high balls <laughs> at him, won't they? Yeah. Very early on, and uh, where he is he's in a lot of if trouble. He, if, if he does need a week off, then it's it's starting to I, look a bit thin in I the sort of feel, backs and the wings and you the know, backs, I feel sympathetic it? to Charles. Until I think about his salary packet, <laughs> and, then, and I think about mine, and I think no, he's got to just front up front and get up. out there, quite right. literally front up. But if he doesn't, it, it'll be interesting because oh. I think there's a decision to make. Then do you? And if Rich Lane's not available, mm. does Morahan drop in at, yeah, uh, so. at fullback? But then we're not exactly blessed yeah. with wingers, so unless Fricker or Ibatoye suddenly yeah. fit, but I mean, I think if that's the case, I think Bates. You know, there's no reason why Bates. You know, he was on the bench and came on and yeah. didn't do too bad. I mean, it, it, logic seems to suggest that he would then slot in at wing because he's played at wing before. Morahan. But then again, they didn't put Bates on the wing when he came on for Pieter, did they? No. They kept Morahan at wing. I would so. sort of hope that one of the other two are fit. He just doesn't look as lively on the wing as, as Fricker or Lane, in my opinion. Um, Bates, he was played okay, but... Um, well, he only... but he's, he's, there was that... Do you remember that try scored last season where he showed an unbelievable... I think he was playing outside centre, but he showed an unbelievable turn of pace. Mm. Mm. And so I know he's got it in him. 
And I just think you've got to get them in the right positions. I, I do think, and see what you think about this theory, that if, if McGinty is away yeah. and Lane is injured, would we see Yian Lloyd on the bench? The Who's forgotten man. The forgotten man forgotten that can board. cover at fly half. Yes, yeah. can. Can fl- cover at full back. And according to the, the, the team... Uh, sheet now is an inside centre mm. um, I don't know whether he'd fancy playing inside centre against Saracens no. but mm. um, why you, you why know because who, who else is going to no. if McGinty's away where, where's the fly no. half cover going to no. come from you've got Bedlow but he's Bedlow has he already he can't play two positions no. Whiteley but then Whiteley. would he want to have the way Whiteley's playing as the scrum half cover and fly half cover mm. um as we always say, Tony, it's, it, it, as usual, it's quite hard to predict what the team is going to be like. So we've got something to look forward to this week. Yeah. Some sort of anticipation. Yeah, and I think I'm quite... I'm, I'm right, Bradbury didn't get called up for Scotland, did, no. did he? So so he should be there. So apart from um, uh, McGinty, but of course, Vui. Vui, is this when Samoa playing? Is he in the Samoa squad? Yeah, he is. Yeah, because yeah, he was training. There was a whole soft focus thing about yeah. him the yeah. with his boys, so, and with his bros. So I don't know whether oh, he might be unavailable. Oh. So, you know, if that's oh. the case, then you are it's probably... about just our front row disappearing. It's something that Hawkins, gloomy, Hawkins it? is probably and, in. And, and the one thing about Saracens is that they seem to have an unbelievable production line of really good forwards. <laughs> they do. Mm. Like, just mentally good forwards. So the one place we don't want to be really weak is up top. Yeah, with oh, Ben, ben galloping um, around with his pictures. What's that? I can't remember his name. McFarlane, you know, that unbelievably ridiculous basketball stroke rugby player. Because mm. he's not going to be off. Was only he Samoa? No, I, no, I don't know. I, d- I don't know, but you always know. Which Jackson Ray. You, you'll never let them down, will he? No, Saracens, they've always got people to come in, and mm. they, they always have. Anyway, we shall, we shall see. So let's go for the predictions then. Um, Miles, as, uh, as Lee's away, I'll let you do his. So uh, <laughs> if you'd like to give me your prediction first, and then, and then Lee's. Um, you know, I think having... <sighs> I'm slightly uh, uneasy now about how many we're going <laughs> to lose in addition to the, the, the players we knew. Um, and you're right, Saracens just step up again and again, regardless of the team they put out. I, you know, the boys do need to step up and we need a win at some point, but I just feel that this is too big a task. Um, and I think we're going to go down 14-27 to Saris at home. And what would what would Lee say? Well, if Lee, you know, Lee's quite optimistic, really. Actually, you know, if he if he if he stays for the whole game, which has been known in the past, well, he's got fireworks. He's right? absolutely he's fireworks. He's got yeah. reason to absolutely. Um, I think he's going to go for a win uh, for Bears or the other way around. I think twenty seven, but I think they think Sarah's going to steal a thing. Twenty seven nil to Bristol. Twenty seven nil. Whoa, we're going to shut out Sarah's Pete. <laughs> You know what? His prediction is games a load of rubbish. I mean, how can we possibly make any sort of prediction? After <laughs> no, no, come on. We've got, got listeners. They want uh, to hear an informed right, prediction. I, okay, I haven't looked at the odds, but I can't imagine that any bookmaker who do it all based on stats and whatnot mm. have got Bristol to win. I, I just so for once, I know it's a it's a Guy Fawkes extravaganza. Um, but I unfortunately think the fireworks are going to be coming from the boys with the fezzes. So I'm afraid, I, I genuinely hate saying this, but I just can't, I've got to go with the bookies, the inevitable bookies. So I'm, I'm going to say we're going to lose. They're going to score 30 points. So 30, if we got 20, I'll be happy. So 30, 20. Yeah. yeah I mean, after that performance, I, I just can't see us turning it around with those injuries as well and maybe losing one or two extra people. Uh, I, I, I think I think I'm going to go for... I think it could be quite high scoring. Um, I'm going to go Bristol 23, Saracens 42. <sighs> And we know, I mean, we know Ben Earl's going to score, do something good. Yeah. He's going to yeah. score. And, and that, you know, we love him really. But 
you know it's written that he's going to score. Yeah. Um, we won't talk about last week's predictions because we all predicted a Bristol win, so yeah, we were all, all, all completely wrong. <laughs> uh, let's move along then because we've got a few more things to fit in. Uh, obviously, last week's show, we talked about our disappointment in the, um, the cancelled Worcester game. And uh, although it did cause a bit of controversy on Twitter, the, our assertions that uh, it looked like season ticket holders were just offered an £8 ticket for the women's game that was then cancelled anyway. Um, but uh, yes, that caused a, a little bit of a, a ripple on social media. And uh, I'm pleased to say the club reacted within 48 hours of our podcast <laughs> yeah. to announce that um, the two games that we've lost against Worcester are going to be replaced by the Battle of the Bridge, where we will pay Cardiff on Friday the 11th of November at home and then we're at the Arms Park on Friday the 24th of February um, uh, season ticket holders go for free plus if they want more tickets they can get a £5 discount I think the prices are quite reasonable as well Miles, okay. um, your thoughts about uh, those two Anglo-Welsh derbies? Well, my initial thoughts are that the the Duchess has already got a night away, a night out with the girls planned, and has uh, told me I pretty much can't go to the home match. So I'm fuming on. Ah, oh, I'm fuming. Well, it's an extra Baby game. Sitters? There's an extra game that's been. What about Munich? What about Iceland? Yeah. What about all those times she's left you? She's, off, and she's off to Frankfurt. Twice these months. I know. Oh, so you've got uh, to get anyway. I will get a babysitter. Yeah, and it has been slotted in unexpectedly in the Clark Diary. Um, you know, fair play. The, is this an under-the-radar diary entry she's put in? This is outrageous. No, this, this is an additional game. Oh, right. I presume it was... Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Nothing was on, yeah, nothing yeah. for the club. Yeah. There was nothing in on the 11th. Yeah, but but she's got to understand the bigger picture here. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Got to show some flexibility. It could be one of our only home wins. <laughs> <laughs> but fair play. Yeah. I think that's um, actually... Um, to come out, you know, to come out with two games for a sort of good, good Welsh rival just across the bridge is brilliant. Um, I'm hoping that I can go, and actually, because it's quite easy to get to Cardiff, it's quite tempting to sort of zip over there on the train, isn't it? Um, I can see that being a good boys' trip. Yeah, right, for Friday, Friday, Friday weekend. Yeah. So if I'm stopped from that, what was the date again? It's twenty fourth. Twenty fourth of February. Just checking my diary. So yeah, finish work, zip on the oh, train. Nothing in this. No, it's already in. I'm putting. I'm putting it in um, the uh, the online diary. And as it's I great. Boys. I mean, there's not a lot more really that the club can put on, can they? Um, some other clubs have had some barbars games being penciled in, haven't they? Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, why not? They've uh, got in contact with Cardiff, who are up for it. A little Anglo-Welsh ding-dong. So I hope I can go to both games. And it's a fair substitute, I think. Yeah, well, that's a good change for about five minutes. Minute. Well, when you said you weren't going to one, you've confused me. Brilliant. Finding cover. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your thoughts, Pete? Um, well, clearly I'm going to go to the away games because I'm just putting it in my diary. There's nothing else <laughs> written in there, so that's guaranteed. Yeah, great. I think it's a good, good resolution. Good solution from the club. Um, thanks for that. Um, my only de- debate is, is it Battle of the Bridge or is it the Seven Side Derby? Or is the Seven Side Derby more of the uh, sort of football phraseology? I think they want to keep that keep to it. the football. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody was in Bristol, um, but uh, City were playing Swansea. Uh, it was a 12 o'clock yeah. kickoff. Oh, right. and, and there were lots of our uh, friends from across the bridge that, yeah. uh, let's put it, I, I, I walked did a little harbour walk with mm. my good lady wife at about mm. uh, 10 o'clock and uh, the spoons over on the harbour was uh, let's say very busy with yeah. uh, lots lots of uh, the boys in blue uh, and, and the ladies in blue outside just to make sure things didn't get out yeah. of hand um, but anyway bit of marketing Battle of the Bridge yeah so I like, we'll, I like we'll, it no it's good we'll, we'll, it's good. we'll take that um, brilliant Obviously, we had news as well that uh, Jake Armstrong has been uh, mutually agreement uh, released from his contract. He's signed now for Doncaster Knights. Um, Pete, bit of freeing up the salary cap. Obviously, Jay Tyak, it was announced mm. on, I think it was only Saturday morning, that mm. he'd come in on loan. We don't know how long that's no. for, but one would... Uh, Assume that with uh, Sinclair away f- mm. with England for four weeks, the on loan or on trial, trial. Will, will be for probably the month of November. Yeah. But uh, 
your, your thoughts on Jake Armstrong and his uh, four or five years with the Bears? Well, I mean, we, you know, we, he, he came with potential, didn't he? And there was some talk of, of real potential. It, it never really quite worked out for him. Um, he's probably his finest moment as a bear was episode three of uh, Bear All podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but he was a character, wasn't he? And uh, and I think he'll be missed. And I think, but I just think, you know, it's a rugby decision. And I'm glad he's got another club. And I'm glad he's he's somewhere where he, he seems he's been before. Uh, uh, I think when I, a lot of people on Twitter put replies like, go well, Jake. And I said, I think I said, a good night out in Donny. <laughs> so enjoy yourself and thanks for everything so yeah fair play to him I hope he does well you know who knows he might be playing this in a next season which would be and, and you know it'd be ironic wouldn't he that they get promoted and then he has an absolute stormer yeah. against us but no I, I hope it all goes well for him because he's he, he, obviously we don't know him but his impression is, was a very affable nice guy um, that you know uh, and a fellow podcaster as well. And a well. fellow podcaster, yeah. yeah. You know, two Jakes in a cake. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, what a great, you know, yeah. we didn't come up with that. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, uh, so, so we wish him all the well. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Jay Tyak has come in, mm. um, but, you know, that's probably only for uh, a month or so. Um, Miles, the rugby paper, uh, big feature with Pat Lamb on one of the, uh, I think, page three, mm. two or three in interview saying that he's a big admirer of Jack Willis, but uh, says that they just haven't got any room in the salary cap. Now, I've, I've also heard on the grapevine that they are looking to free up salary. And, you know, Jake Armstrong, I don't know how much he would have been on. Uh, obviously, last week we speculated on the Dan Thomas, um, you know, mm-hmm. was that a try before you buy mm-hmm. with him going to, to Scarlet's? You know, do you, do you think Jack Willis is still a possibility for the Bears? Well, as long as he didn't watch the game yesterday, <laughs> quite possibly. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, these some of these boys have just signed on the dotted line, including Porter. Must you think? Oh, crikey! Um, who knows? You're right. I mean, there's been a lot of players, haven't there, in the last couple of weeks? Have suddenly shifted quite quickly to other clubs. Uh, other clubs, sorry. Uh, I do wonder where the money is coming from um, to sign some of these great players and Willis is not cheap I mean he must realise that with the reduced salary cap this year he potentially cannot command the salary he was on at Wasps Mm. I don't think anywhere near it I think all players have got to face facts really the Worcester players uh, and the Wasps players that's a lot of money to free up, I feel, even if it's a reduced salary. And Armstrong going, um, Tyak in, and even if Dan Thomas is going, I don't know. Is, is that enough? I would love Willis to come. Mm-hmm. Absolutely phenomenal signing. Just what we need, really. A bit of absolute filth, grunt, amazing player. Um, I don't know. I think it's just we'll just have to speculate and just cross our fingers and hope, won't we, that after the autumn internationals, um, some contracts are tied up. Well, again, I, I think someone of his quality, he must he must have a deal in hand. Yeah. Uh, I think whoever is going to do it, whether that's Bristol or anyone else, isn't going to take him to the end of the Six Nations because why would you pay him for being no, no. to be away? Uh, and potentially if he got injured then you know may, you wouldn't want the deal but I was just thinking because I think the, the 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 salary year runs from July doesn't it first of July they sign on the dotted line mm-hmm. so July, August, September, October, November that's five of the 12 months salary out, out the way uh, so even with a reduced rate probably it's only going to be five twelfths of a reduced rate. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it would be an amazing signing. So let's let's follow that. I, I, I don't think it's dead, but mm. I think it's going to be a, a difficult one to get over the line. And we are going to see at least one other player who is probably first team squad would have to go if we if we can if we can get uh, Willis in. Uh, that's nearly it, but I just want to finish on uh, a pleasant surprise, Pete, for the podcast. Um, mm. 
this year the the club have decided not to do a, a podcast as such, but they do their little television series uh, behind the bears. And um, the latest episode came out on Wednesday with some rather familiar voices at the start of it. Oh, I, I doff my cap to you boys. Um, i got to say, Tone, when I first listened to it, I didn't really recognise your voice. I knew it was you because I knew I remember, but I, it's weird. I, I don't know whether they did any sort of um, softening of your voice or, or something. I, but I can tell you exactly what they did. What? They have sped our voices <laughs> yeah. up by about 10%, 10 to 15%. Yeah. It, it was, was obviously, we, we were a bit too long, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. clip that yeah, they yeah, wanted. Yeah. So that, that's our voices, I would say, about 110% normal speed. But I think the it the biggest kind of, uh, I don't know what word I'm trying to say, not surprise, but <laughs> was the quality of the punditry <laughs> after your initial question. I mean, if I was... Parachuting in to listen to that from from the rugby, the wider rugby world, I would say, who the who was that? Who's this Miles? Who's that Miles? He was incisive. <laughs> he was fluent. He clearly knew his stuff. I mean, it was an extraordinary bit of punditry, and I was just I I had to I just just I bowed in absolute majesty. You, you need to drop your phone, Miles. You know what? It is it is undoubtedly your greatest moment in life. <laughs> well, I was thinking, you know, we've done 121 episodes. They have probably picked Miles' most insightful <laughs> comment. In, 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 in 120 it, hours of, it of was broadcast, absolutely brilliant. It was pitch perfect. And they, they, trawled, they exactly they trawled our back catalogue mm. for that one glory moment, haven't they? And there we are. So in 2022 hit home. So 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 thanks. It was very good because the media team did get in contact to say ask permission if they could yeah. use a clip. Uh, we knew it was about the Wasps yeah. game, but we didn't know exactly he, what they were going to. You sent the invoice. Uh, I haven't not not built yet. Mr. Lansdowne, <laughs> end of the month. Had a couple of lots of it. Uh, yeah, thanks to Will Carpenter and the media team yeah. for coming to us and uh, including us. And uh, welcome yeah, any time. Welcome any time. <laughs> yeah. But I did think in the end, it obviously did show our punditry because we didn't think we'd get anything out of the trip to Boston, and we won. Yeah. But yeah. actually, as history has turned out, yeah. we didn't get anything from that no. trip. No. It's all been wiped yeah, out. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for this show. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your favourite podcast platform. We'll be back next week with our thoughts on the Saracens game and we'll look ahead to the Anglo-Welsh friendly against Cardiff at the gate. Until then, goodbye, stay lucky and come on, Briz.